word says, talking about build our church on the rock, which is the word. And the word says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, we're going to hear the word and what we're going to do, we're going to do the word, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Difficulties came. Rain fell. You ever feel like you've been in a flood? And the winds blew and kept beating on that house, but we keep settled on the Word, don't we? And that house did not fall because it had been built and founded on the rock, on Jesus, on the revelation knowledge of what what we know in the Word of God and we apply it to our life. Verse 26 says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rain fell, same difficulties came, floods came, and the winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Come on, let's rededicate our life to building our life, building every aspect of what we have in charge, our domain, on the Word of God. Father, thank you for your Word. It is the foundation. Jesus, you and the Word are one. And I thank you, Father, again. You've exalted your Word above your name. Help us, Father, to continue to build our foundations on nothing less than the Word of God. Father, if there's some things in our life that need to be uprooted, that need to be drilled down and, and, and even broken down so you can apply your Word and it can be built up on that sure foundation. Father, help our relationships be built on your Word. Help our health, our healing be built on your Word. Help us to go through difficulty times by your word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of them all. I thank you for building your church. In Jesus' name, amen. You could be seated. Thank you, praise team. Um, this morning, I have a particular message for you all. And one of the reasons why I'm sort of dressed up a little bit today is on our second service, we're going to ordain 13 people, and their spouses will be with them if they're married. And that's going to be a very, very uh, significant service. If you would like to stay, it would be worth your while. But anyway, you know, um, the more we grow, the more leaders we raise up, and the better we can serve you, right? And uh, and that's what we do. We we multiply leaders here and helpers. So today I'm just going to briefly talk about, I think, a very relevant topic. And I'm going to talk about finding peace in anxious times. Finding peace in anxious times. I'll start out with a little um, introduction here with a, a little boy, a young boy, was driving a hay rack down the road. You ever seen that? They stall traffic. <laughs> and then when the wagon, the wagon ended up 
falling over in front of a farmer's house. So the farmer came out, saw the young man crying, and said, son, don't worry about this. Don't, don't worry about it. We can fix this. We can fix it. But right now, it's dinner time. How many know that it's good to eat dinner time in the farmhouse? You just believe you're going to get something homemade. So why don't you come in, he said, eat, and uh, then I'll help you uh, put that hay back on the rack. And the boy said, no, I can't. I can't right now. My father's going to be very angry with me. And the farmer said, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Finding peace in anxious times, right? Uh, just come in, have lunch with us, and you'll feel better. And the boy said, I was, I'm just afraid my father's going to be very angry with me. Well, the farmer and the young boy went inside and had dinner. And afterwards, they walked outside to the hayrack, and the farmer said, Now, son, don't you feel better after you had that great meal? And he said, Yes, but I just know that my father will be very angry with me. So the farmer finally said, Nonsense. Where is your father anyway? And the boy said, He's under the wagon. <laughs> Finding peace in anxious times. Norman Vincent Peale, I'm sure you've heard of him, he said that worry, this is very interesting, worry is derived from the old Anglo-Saxon word meaning to strangle. When you worry, things seem to be pressing in, strangle, or to choke. How well named is this emotion? It has been demonstrated again and again in persons who have lost their effectiveness due to the numbing effect of anxiety and apprehension. I believe Kurt, you know, called out people going through depression or anxiety. And, and that just seems to be a major area that we're ministering to just about every service. And that's so good because sometimes we need to come up and be prayed for and have hands laid on us because we believe the anointing flows to help us with these things. We, we, we also uh, encourage you to go to doctors and get properly prescribed uh, of, of, you know, the right medicines. And, um, but thank God, there's nothing like, like touch of God. So when you receive Jesus, though, um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to trick you a little bit so I warned you. How many need peace in your life? You are so reserved. I raise your hand. Well, I'll tell you why. When you receive Jesus, everything in you becomes new. You get a new spirit. You are a spirit. You have a new spirit. You have a new nature, and you are a new person. And you receive the fruit of the Spirit. Those who are in Christ Jesus have a totally clear past and future because they're a new person in Christ. Isn't that good to know? That those things before Christ, God has redeemed us from those. He's removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. That's good news. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore, and a new life has begun. I asked all of us, 
how many need peace in our life? Well, Galatians 5.19 begins to describe a lifestyle that is, that is given to the dictates of the flesh, uh, and, and God never wanted us to walk after the flesh in negative ways. He wanted us to walk in the Spirit because that's where He placed His life, His nature, the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us uh, so that we can walk in our spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And uh, Galatians 5.19 begins to describe the practices of, or the doings or the fruit of the flesh. You know what they are? They are immorality, impurity. Your spirit doesn't want to commit immorality because that's where God tries to, you know, warn you and strengthen you and grace you not to go in a way that you might have gone in your past. The works of the flesh, their immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. When you see people in strife, oh man, there's all kinds of flesh going on. When you see jealousy, anger, ill temper, that would be, another translation would be showing out. Showing out where you should not show out. Or an ill temper. Selfishness, divisions, dissensions, a party spirit, factions, sect, with peculiar, peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness. Man, you might say, can you give me some positive news here? I, I'm really describing those things that, some of those things we used to do in our before Jesus times where we yielded to the flesh because our spirit was dead. We had a fallen nature on the inside of us, and that's why Jesus had to die on the cross for our sin so that new life come, could come on the inside of us, so that we could be born from above, born again, born of the Spirit. A few more here, but the dictates of the flesh are envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. said, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The Word says the kingdom of God is righteousness, right standing with God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What am I saying here? You know, if, if you're going to go toward the dictates of what your flesh wants to do, if you don't renew your mind, your flesh will dictate what you do in your life. Your mind needs to be renewed on the Word of God so it agrees with your heart, and we put, on, put down the flesh and keep clothed with, with uh, the new man. The, the kingdom of God is righteousness, right standing with God. The kingdom of God is what? Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what it's saying here, when you walk in the flesh and you do those certain, certain things, you're not going to experience the kingdom because you're going you're to sense, man, I'm just not right with God. There's no peace to be found. And the joy, joy level is just not there because you're living in a lifestyle that is not in alignment with God's Word. You know, when, when's the last time you heard a, a sermon on holiness? You know what holiness is really when you boil it down? Becoming just like Jesus But the fruit of the Spirit that was placed on the inside of our spirit, and the Holy Spirit works with us to develop this within us, 
or the part that was born again, that's where, that's where the fruit comes, is love. On the inside of you is love. No matter how you were loved before you were in Christ, you have God's unconditional love to receive and to extend to others. It's an amazing thing. You can love the unlovely because God's supernatural love is on the inside of us. How about joy? Gladness. What am I talking about today? Finding peace in anxious times. One of the fruit of the Spirit is the force of peace. Peace is there. That's why I said, how many need peace? Well, I could say it like this. How many need to yield to more peace that you already have on the inside of you? Because it's there. And, and I, I do have peace. I need to meditate on the Word of God so I have knowledge that peace is on the inside of me and, and I walk with God in that sense of peace. Also on in the inside of our spirit is patience. How many had uh, your patience nerve pressed lately? I know, I know we do sometimes. But an even temper, forbearance, these are the good fruit. Kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, self-restraint. You know, all the fruit of the Spirit that I just have read to you are held intact by the fruit of self-control. When you're tested to walk out of the spirit of love, self-control will say, don't do that. When you, when you feel like giving uh, a person a piece of your mind that you shouldn't, self-control is trying to hold you back. And the more that we develop in the fruit of the Spirit, the better off we will be. And we will walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill those things that we read that are the lust of the flesh. Gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. My wife and I uh, recently went to a ministry situation, and, and, um, and because we're leaders, we are recognized, and uh, they had a seat for us and that kind of thing. Um, but that was the first night. But all the other nights, um, there were, we did not have any special seating. So what did we do? We didn't get upset. We just went and sort of slipped in at a, all on the tops of the bleachers. And we could take on in everything. Don't, don't get offended that, that some, something you think someone should do for you doesn't do it. Because I will say this, that will be a test. That will be a test. In times like that, my wife and I could just hang around stealth, you know what I mean? Just sort of ninja. All right, but talking about all these different fruit against these fruit, there is no law that can bring a charge. So we can either walk in the works of our flesh that is not born again, or we can walk in the fruit of the Spirit, in our recreated spirit, and develop that by hearing the Word, doing the Word, by reading the Word, doing the Word, by, by exercising the Word of God at every chance you can. When it comes to giving, we tithe and we give. When it comes to uh, marriages, we serve each other. We try to outserve each other. When it comes to health, we look to Jesus who 
took our infirmities, bare our sicknesses, and with his stripes were healed. These are all the things that we have in the Word of God, promises and straight-out truths that you just accept. So can you imagine what our world would be like if the church developed the fruit of the Spirit? Can you imagine? Can you imagine how many people individually we, we would win and people would want to follow us to Harvest Church? Yeah. People will see you on the job and maybe your boss just, just slammed you with all kinds of choice words. And, and sometimes you weren't even wrong in the matter. But what do you do? Well, you walk in the fruit of self-control because at that moment there's some things you want to say and there's some things that you want to do. Walk in humility and go and get your job done. And when you do things like that, people are watching People are watching how you respond in the good times, in the bad times, in the challenging times. And they're just going to want to watch, uh, you know, how did you do that? You, you, why didn't you tell what happened? Or why didn't you tell off your boss? Well, because Jesus changed my life. How many had a time in your life that you weren't self-controlled and you, you gave everybody a piece of your mind and you got upset and you got impatient and you went to Walmart and you thought you picked the shortest line and ended up being the longest line because the person in front of you took out a book of uh, 75 million coupons and that you're going to have, um, does this one work? Uh, no, it's out of, you know, out of, out of date. Oh, do, how, will this one apply? Anyway, and um, that's wonderful, isn't it, to be in places like that. But we could win our world just by simply walking in the fruit of the Spirit and by simply uh, yielding to peace in anxious times. Love is the sum total of all the fruit of the, sp fruit of the Spirit, so bear with me. And let's check our fruit today. Let's inspect our produce today. You ready to check, to check your love walk? No, you're not. You like saying, I'm, I think I'll come to second service. <laughs> but here's, this, is, this is a check for all of us because love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not proud. I mean, I didn't get all bent out of shape just because they didn't have a seat for us. Love does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. Love, I'm going to say that again, don't dishonor others. Putting someone else's candle out does not make yours burn brighter. No, it actually taints and put your fire out, really. Don't dishonor others. Honor what you can because we face many dishonorable people in our life. So you have to, you know, encourage them where you can. And um, love is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Keeps no records. Keeps no scores. Next time you get in an argument, you say, you know what? I, I have a better score than you did, so let me give you a piece of my mind. 
No. Not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love always protects and trusts. Love always hopes, perseveres, and love never fails. I'll tell you why. Because God is love. And Romans 5.5 said, said the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We just need to develop the fruit of the Spirit by getting in the Word, by hearing teaching like this, uh, and applying the Word in your life, and all of a sudden, you'll begin to act differently. We say it like this, if, you know, if you're new to this church, if you'll follow us as we follow the Lord, you won't even recognize yourself in a year. This time next year, I will be a better man. I will be a better husband. I will be a better father. I will be a better leader. I will be a better pastor. I will be better at overseeing other ministries. I will be better. How about you? Yeah. Joyce Meyer said, all the fruit of the Spirit issue out of love, but they are kept in place by self-control. I just couldn't help but get peace, give them a piece of my mind. Are you saved? You can't help it. But you don't know. Uh, but um, how many have ever, you know, you're sort of in the infant stage of the fruit of self-control and, and those words were on the tip of your tongue. And your heart saying, don't do that, don't say that, and you held on, and then something good happens to you as a result of that situation, but thank God. That's where Matthew 26, 41 says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. That's prayer life is another way we develop these fruit. For the Spirit is what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the fruit of the peace, the fruit of the spirit, one being peace, God's peace is in our spirit. Don't wait to feel peace. Because you'll never get the feeling of peace when you want your feelings. How many of feelings are very fickle? Good ones are here one minute. Gone the other, bad feelings come, but they don't stay. But um, we can have peace in anxious times because the peace of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1, 2 says, may grace, God's favor, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being. When you're, when you're in peace, you're walking in perfect well-being. That's awesome. May peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, may peace be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't develop in supernatural peace if you're not getting in your word daily and walking in that word that you study daily. 
You can't have that peace uh, if, if you don't have a daily conversation with God. Don't, don't have a, a religious, you know, uh, mentality when it comes to praying. Just talk to Him like your Father. Talk to God like your Father. We can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Can, you know, and think about it. This peace will multiply to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question now. How many have ever conducted your life where you did not have peace? I have. Come on, there's a time you didn't have peace about something. Did it make you feel good when you don't have peace? Can't, I mean... Can you enjoy money without peace? Your savings without peace? Can you enjoy success without peace? No. If I would just get this, and sometimes sometimes you, you've gotten that, and then ben, I'll be happy. If I can just get this, then I'll be happy. If I can just get that, I'll be happy. But then when you get it, you don't have any peace. If you're not doing this, which we call walking in the Spirit, which we call praying, which we call reading and meditating in the Word, it helps you, and then you act on the Word, and it helps you develop through the Spirit, and then you have opportunities to walk in peace. You have opportunities to face th situations where you'll have to deal with patience. You know when people hit that last nerve, what are you going to do? Walk in patience. All right. Can you walk in health without peace or relationships? So that's why the enemy is so after our peace, so we don't enjoy anything in our life. He tries to do that in our health, too. He tries to do that in our financial uh, condition, too. But Dante said it like this, and in his will is our peace. I've been in the will of God, and I've been out of the will of God. Out of the will of God is miserable. I don't have any peace, and that's an indication I'm out of the will of God, and I find that peace that I'm supposed to be, you know, in the will of God in, and I'm in there. Oh, gosh. There was a time that I had a struggle with that when I was going to college because I was a part of my dad's business, and I was going to become a partner in his business, and he had a pretty pretty good advertising agency, had about 100 employees, and it was doing very, very well. But I never had a piece going in that direction. And you saw such a passion on, on my dad and my brother, and it was just like they were frustrated at me because when I, when I came out of college, I started a Bible study. And, and you know, I was all kinds of, I would do jail ministry. We do convalescent homes. We, we do all kinds of things that we're doing now. Done, I've done pretty much it all, all of it because I was just wanted to help people. So my dad and my brother sat me down and said, are, are, are you with us? It wasn't like I wasn't doing my job, but there's one thing about doing your job and knowing you're supposed to be there doing that job. Now, don't quit your job until you find that one in peace saying, Pastor Coyne said, I got to, you know, I have a right to, you know, just quit. Well, you didn't hear that from me. No, you got to keep your current job and seek out, you know, seek out what God wants for you. 
St. Francis said, never be in a hurry. Talking about peace in turbulent times. Never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Have you ever felt your, your engine just revving up high? I'm talking about inside you, your engine. You're just like you're redlining something at this moment. Like somebody's doing something. Oh, and then another person comes back and does the same thing. Then another person does this, and then another person did what you corrected them for last time. They're doing it again. and you're, I mean, your, your RPMs are revving up. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is also, uh, oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And right then, you need to ease up and get some oil flowing in your life. Dismiss yourself and go into another room and ask God for help. If you can't go into the other room, just up underneath your breath. I said up underneath your breath. You do not need to make a show out there in the business world because they'll think you're crazy. I mean, can you imagine being someplace on your job and saying, I plead the blood over this place? I mean, somebody thinks something's going to happen. Pleading the blood. What, what blood? You know, everybody's on the edge. Oh, there would be a mass exodus. Never be in a hurry to do, do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. That is more of my disposition. My wife and her mini-me, you know who mini-me is for my wife? Hannah Coyne, good Lord Jesus. When they get started going, especially if it's at me, <laughs> and it's not anything bad necessarily, but uh, I'm just like, hey guys, I've got to have you change the channel. I, 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 it's enough. Ooh, just peace. It takes a few attempts every now and then, but anyway. But never be in a hurry. Do everything quietly and in a calm spirit. Say it with me. I have a calm spirit. I'm going to walk in my spirit so I don't show out like I'm not even a Christian. See, people need to see something today much more than they need to hear something today before they saw you're the real deal. Larry Eisberg said, for peace of mind, I know I'm getting ready to talk about the person next to you, for peace of mind, resign as general manager of the universe. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's not me. I how, come you go, how come you go down your road when you're driving your car and say, ooh, I don't like those shutters? Well, is, it, is that any of your business? <laughs> come on. It just, there's all kinds of things. That, man, if I was them, but you is not them. Excuse my English. That's right. For peace of mind... Resign as general manager of the universe. I want your resignation on my desk at the end of this service. Wow. Peace 
is, is the fruit of believing prayer. Good, believing prayer produces peace. Just about every day I have some sort of agitation toward a particular need that's queuing me up to make sure I get into God's presence and I address whatever that is. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe it's my kids. A lot of times it's the ministry or ministers that we know in different uh, states. But there's, I don't know if there's a day, don't, don't worry about if there's really not a day that you don't feel a little bit d- disturbed because that means we got to pray for something. That means we got to cover our domain. That means we got to cover our, our, our family. We got to cover this church. We got to cover our region. We have to co- cover our leaders. Every day I do that. And then what do I do the rest of the day? I pray in the Holy Spirit. So whatever, whatever comes up, if I don't know what the situation's like, pray in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. This is a, this is a low bloke getting ready to come here, and, and it's, it's a curveball. How many know what a curveball is? A curveball is a ball that looks like it's coming straight at your head and turns at the last second. Man, first time I faced a curveball, I hit the deck. <laughs> anyway, but um, here's an indication. All right, how many are believing God for something? Yeah. We ought to always have our faith on something, right? A lot of hands here today. So guess what? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. If you're in believing, you'll have joy and you'll have peace. So if you don't have joy and peace about that particular situation, you got to go have a me moment with God. Amen. Good to vent on others, but ultimately, and because we're in faith with you, but that's where you just go before God. God, I don't understand, and I'm, I'm a little bit ticked off right now. You talk to God like that? Yeah, he already knows I'm ticked off. (laughs) But I trust you. According to your faith, I believe I have received when I prayed. So I'm just going to take a moment or two to thank you that I have that. I have that now. Thank you for it, God. Excuse my pity party, God. Forgive me. You know, a pity party is out of faith. Now, don't get me wrong. You can talk to somebody you trust, you know, vent, because we can weep with those who weep, but we got to end up rejoicing with those who rejoice. I've shed tears when, when people are at certain places, and there was sometimes I couldn't even speak up because, because there was no faith there. Anyway, we have peace and joy in believing. Through the experience of your faith, at the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll abound in hope, expectation. If you're in faith and you're in peace, you're expecting it to happen anytime, any moment. What you're believing God for that you have, God's watching over His Word to perform it. Come on, humbly thank God. We're going we're gonna to walk in peace and turbulent times. 
because we have a supernatural peace on the inside of us. We have the Word of God. Let me leave you with the... Wow, I think I'm going to need to talk about this just a little bit more. Wow. (laughs) I have about 15 pages of notes here. I covered one or two. But here's... um, Here's seven things I'll, I'll leave you with. Number one, you, you cannot have peace without Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. If you lack peace, the solution is Jesus. Not another car, not another house, not another whatever promotion, not another whatever. Number two, God's peace is in our what? Flesh or our spirit. That's why we walk in our spirit. So we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. It's in our spirit. We can walk in peace. We might be disturbed in our flesh and our mind, but we get before God and we get in that word and we get a hold of ourselves to make sure we're in that place of joy and peace. Number three, this peace will be multiplied, as we read, and developed as we meditate on God's word. Meditating on God's word is so important. Number four, You can't enjoy anything without peace or perfect well-being. Number five, peace is the fruit of believing prayer and a renewed mind. That's why we walk in the Spirit, don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We walk by faith and not by sight. We need peace with God. If you're not right with God, we need peace with ourselves as we yield to peace. We need to have that peace towards other people. We need to have peace right in the middle of the most challenging circumstances. We can walk in that peace and and be that one that's in control and God could use us. And God uses us sometimes just by you being peaceful, me being peaceful and solid in that time. They draw from that in their time of need. And then finally, maintaining our peace is a daily job. I have my work cut out for me, taking care of myself and all the different responsibilities. So say this with me. I resign from being the ruler of the world. I like my shutters. All right, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you that we're going to just continue to walk in this peace and develop this peace that passes all understanding. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around just for a moment. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I'm getting ready to share with you a great news, great news where you can have peace today. The word says Jesus is the Son of God. The word says that God sent His only Son on this earth to live a sinless life. He was alive in the Spirit. He had committed no sin. And one of the reasons why He was alive in His Spirit is so that He could die for our fallen spirit. An exchange took place. A substitution took place. Jesus knew no sin, so He is the one. He's the one. 
that died for our sins so we can be reconciled unto God. The Word says the wages of sin is death. We all have sinned. Jesus wrote, was rose, risen again on the third day, and Jesus is alive. No one's looking. I just, I'm looking right now because if you're here and you want to be included in, in a prayer of salvation, I'm going to come get you just right there in your seat. If you want to pray the prayer of salvation, would you raise your hand where I can see it? Then you can put it down. Just lift up your hand right now. Your hand over there. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Everybody to join in with those that raise their hand. Say this with me. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sins. I believe on the third day you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. I believe you are Savior and you are Lord of the world. But right now, I receive you. I take you as my Savior. Come into my heart and my life. Thank you for making me new. Jesus, you are now my Savior. And Jesus, you are now my Lord. Thank God for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Will you stand up with me, please, as we dismiss? A few things I want to say in closing. If you, are, if you are new here, you text that word new to that particular number. But also, I want you to go to, there's an information table back there, and there's a really nice gift for you if you're a first-time guest. If you've never gone to that desk, and if you have any questions, that's the place to go. And um, again, if you're new here, go back there and they're going to bless you with something. Or if you have any questions, that's the place. Um, on your way out, if you still have that envelope, the safes are behind the doors. Uh, as soon as you walk out there, look to your right or look to your left and you'll see them on the wall. They're very secure. And uh, then if you receive the Lord for the first time today, or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or even be filled with the Holy Spirit, as you go out these doors, there's a banner to my right that says, I have decided. I want you to go tell them what happened in your life today if you received the Lord. To my left, same thing. You can see uh, there's people back there waiting to serve you. And then finally, if you wanted any type of prayer that wasn't covered today, or you'd still like individual prayer, that's why these folks are up here as we dismiss. You just come on up here and, and they'll be happy to serve you. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? All right. Well, let's thank God for church today. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, I've wait, I, I, I waited on you today, and you've pointed out some things that I'm going to do better. Forgive us, Father, for not walking in the Spirit like we should have. Forgive us for not walking in faith like we should have. We step back in faith. We step back in the fruit of the Spirit. We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name.